We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lakers Nation, welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers back from vacation. Big shout out to all of the Lakers Nation staff for holding things down for me while I was out. We got a lot to talk about. Patrick Beverly, now officially a Los Angeles Laker. I want to break down that deal as well as what the Lakers options are from here. What future trades they can make perhaps before training camp starts. Before I dive into everything though, quick reminder, do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. All kinds of stuff going on right now in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. So make sure you subscribe, stay in the know, turn on those notifications as well. And of course, listen to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. All right, so Patrick Beverly, now officially a Laker. The deal is done. Patrick Beverly to the Lakers in exchange for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. This was the big move in the wake of Kevin Durant deciding to stay with the Brooklyn Nets, which means that Kyrie Irving will also be staying with the Brooklyn Nets. More on his future, though, in just a bit. So what we've got now, that deal in and of itself, my quick analysis of it, from a value perspective, I don't like it all of that much, particularly because of the inclusion of Stanley Johnson. Now, I'll say, overall, I think the trade's just fine. I don't have any problems with the deal. But strictly from a value perspective, I don't like that the Lakers added in Stanley Johnson. I think they need as much wing depth as they can possibly get. And I was pretty impressed with what he did last season on the defensive end of the floor. So I was disappointed to see Stanley Johnson in the deal. That said, I totally understand the Lakers' mindset here, why they did this. And I think with the context of the LeBron James extension, it's a completely defensible move to go and get Patrick Beverly. Now, typically, I don't like seeing a 21-year-old and a 26-year-old being traded for a 34-year-old. Usually that's not good math in the NBA, but Patrick Beverly is a perfect fit on paper. We always want to put that caution in there because you never know how everything's really going to gel. But on paper, Patrick Beverly, his skill set is exactly what the Lakers need in pretty much all of their role players. You need guys who could do two things and two things only, defend and hit threes. Yes, it's nice if players can do other things, but those are the most important things. Defend and hit threes. And Patrick Beverly can certainly give you those things. I also like, you know, as much as we complain about his attitude, and look, I, I've certainly done it myself. He's he's that proverbial guy that you like him when he's on your team. You don't like him when you're playing against him. So Lakers fans get to get behind him for a change now. 
But I also like that he's got the defensive mindset. He's got that energy. Now, we didn't see this very often from the Lakers last season. We saw a number of games where they simply didn't look like they had the enthusiasm, the energy, the effort level, whatever you want to call it, out there on the floor. And I think Patrick Beverly helps raise the floor of that energy. Now, I will caution, we said the exact same thing about Russell Westbrook last season. So I'm not counting my chickens before they're hatched there. But Patrick Beverly, in theory, fits on the floor. And then from an energy perspective, I like that too. Just the mindset of being that locked in defender. I think that's the kind of thing that can be contagious. We saw it happen a few seasons ago with Avery Bradley when the Lakers won a championship. So again, fully understand the trade, especially with the context of the LeBron James extension. You needed to go do something to say, look, LeBron, we're going to try to win right now. Let's go get Patrick Beverly. Now, I don't think the Lakers are done. But I'll say that I think the Lakers win more games with Patrick Beverly on their roster right now than they would have with Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Look, Ron Gutterman and I did the exercise a few weeks ago. We broke down the Lakers rotation. It was extremely difficult to get Taylor Horton Tucker on the floor and to get him meaningful minutes. Jovan Buhov, the athletic, mentioned that he had heard the THT and Stanley Johnson were both on the outside looking in in terms of minutes in the current rotation for the Lakers. And if that's the case, then you're trading two guys who probably weren't going to be part of your rotation in exchange for a guy who could be a big part of your rotation. So again, fully get the trade from that perspective. Now, from a salary cap perspective, I think this is really interesting. You actually open up almost $30 million in cap space next summer. Now, you would have had about $20 million had you kept Taylor Horton Tucker because we're assuming he's probably going to opt in to that $10 million player option he's got for next season. So if he had done that then the Lakers would have less cap space to play with, which does make it a little bit interesting looking at what they're going to do from here. How willing are the Lakers going to be to take on future salary in a trade? For example, if you go trade for a Buddy Heald, well, he's going to eat into pretty much all of that cap space that you would have for next year, theoretically. Now, I don't think the Lakers should not make a trade simply to try to preserve cap space. $30 million isn't enough to get you a max level deal for most of the guys that you'd be looking at, specifically for Kyrie Irving, who will indeed be a free agent next summer. We know he had interest in the Lakers now. Will that change next summer? Will he be a target for the Lakers then? Well, they're probably going to need all the cap space they can get if they want to go that route. With LeBron James on the roster, though, given that they've already made a trade for a win-now player, I don't think that that's going to be the mindset of the Lakers. I think they're going to be willing to sacrifice that future cap space if they can find the right deal. It's got to be the right deal in order to use up that cap space. But if they find a move that they think will help this team moving forward, then it could potentially put this team back into contender status. I do expect them to go ahead, use up that cap space if need be, eat some future salary, and give LeBron a shot to win it right now. Again, I don't think he signed that extension without some sort of assurance that the Lakers would go ahead and make some more moves. I don't think Patrick Beverly is enough for LeBron to say, okay, we're all good. I think they need to make another move and I do expect something else to be coming also say that I expect another move to come and I'm going to get to exactly what those moves could be in just a moment but why I expect another move to happen it's in part because this roster still doesn't make sense I was saying this a few weeks ago before the Patrick Beverly trade that the roster is screaming for a deal that has not changed you look at this Lakers roster right now Patrick Beverly Russell Westbrook Kendrick Nunn all on the same team That's not ideal, particularly when you've got LeBron James, who frankly acts as the point guard, as the dominant ball handler, most of the time when he's on the floor anyway. So if you look at LeBron offensively in terms of their role, you really have four point guards on this roster that all need minutes. The only way it makes sense 
to stand pat on the basketball floor in terms of the rotation is if the Lakers are looking at Kendrick Nunn as a zero, if they're just assuming that they that anything they get from him is an added bonus. If they feel like they can't depend on getting anything from him after he didn't play last season, which maybe that is what they think, that's the only way that I could justify walking into the season with none, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, all on a team with LeBron James on it as well. So I, because of that, I expect a move to be made. And on top of that, Darvin Ham. Oh, I mean, first time head coach, if you're going to put him into the Lakers, into the pressure cooker, into the spotlight, that's tough enough as it is. For a first time head coach, that's a leap of faith on the Lakers part. But if then you're going to say, not only, not only Darvin Ham, are you a first time head coach? You're going to be on a Lakers team, a Lakers team with LeBron James. That just makes that spotlight grow that much brighter. A Lakers team who missed the playoffs last season, despite being the favorite to come out of the West last season. That's a lot of pressure to right that wrong. And then you add in, hey, we're going to take two guys, Patrick Beverly and, and Russell Westbrook, who historically have not gotten along at all, who have gone after each other. In fact, Patrick Beverly demonstrably went after Russell Westbrook in game against the Minnesota Timberwolves last season saying things to the Lakers bench about Russ, clowning him. Yeah, it was not good. That's a whole nother level of difficulty that you're adding to Darvin Ham. Now, I can't speak personally to what the relationship is between Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly at the moment. Who knows? Maybe they've patched things up. We did see on Twitter, LeBron was supportive of Russell Westbrook, saying he can't wait to see him go off this season. Patrick Beverly chimed in, agreeing. Maybe Russ and Patrick Beverly have patched things up. We don't know for sure, but... Based on what we've seen historically, I'd be surprised if that dynamic is something the Lakers want to put on a first-year head coach. So, again, for all of those reasons, I think we still have another move coming. I think it's coming before training camp. It makes a lot of sense. It could be the Lakers decide they don't want to part with both those first-round picks. They simply can't find a workable deal that doesn't involve them eating a ton of future salary that they don't want to or something like that. But I think for a lot of reasons, it makes sense for the Lakers to do everything they can to make another move from here. So what are those moves? Um, the, the first one that everybody's going to look at is, of course, the Indiana Pacers. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. To me, this move, it made sense before the Patrick Beverly trade. Now it makes way more sense. It is even better for the Lakers to do this deal now. Why? Because you've got Patrick Beverly who can slot into that starting point guard spot. If you didn't have him and you trade Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald and for Miles Turner, then you are kind of by default, leaning on LeBron James to be your starting point guard again, which is what they did in 2020. It won them a championship, but they've also made concerted efforts to take that burden off of LeBron. We saw it with Dennis Schroeder. It was also the part of the reason why they went and got Russell Westbrook. So now you've got a guy in Patrick Beverly where, well, he's not a ball-dominant point guard. He can competently bring the ball up, run the offense, do the kind of typical point guard things, and more importantly, defend the other team's Point guard, right? So that's what you've got in that skill set there. Otherwise, if you didn't do this deal, you're talking about Austin Reeves and Buddy Heald or something like that as your backcourt. Who's defending the other team's point guard? That's probably asking a bit much of Austin Reeves in terms of foot speed. He's a little bit better defending twos and threes. And same thing with Buddy Heald. You're probably not going to want him defending the other team's point guard either. So Patrick Beverly slots into that role very, very well. And then you could just move him up to be a starter alongside, presumably, Buddy Heald. And of course, Miles Turner. Now, the challenge is Buddy Heald's deal goes into that cap space, right? You would be eating up over $20 million of that cap space, depending on bonuses and things like that. But I also like the fit 
for these players. And this is why I'd be willing to do this deal even more so now if I'm the Lakers, because you get the shooting of Buddy Heald. Look, we know his shooting numbers have dropped a little bit, but the open looks he's going to see playing alongside LeBron, playing alongside Anthony Davis, it's going to be unlike anything that Buddy Heald has ever seen in the past. I would expect a big, big season out of him. I'd be very excited to see what he could do with the kind of space that the Lakers could give him to operate when defenses are focused on LeBron James. And then Miles Turner, he is, well, he isn't really a banger in terms of a guy who's going to just get out there and be physical, like a Steven Adams type or something like that. He is a rim protector. He is one of the better shot blockers in the NBA. I'd be thrilled to see what kind of rim protection the Lakers would have with Anthony Davis and Miles Turner on the floor, two of the best shot blockers in the league side by side. That's thrilling. And then he's got the ability to shoot the three. He's not a sniper, but he can competently knock it in to the point where defenses have to care about him. That's critical. Now he's going to need a new deal. Miles Turner will. His contract expires after this year. So the Lakers have to be pretty convinced that he's the guy that they want moving forward. But so far, this deal to me is the number one option for the Lakers at this point, if you're going to move on from Russell Westbrook. Now, this is key. Because the Lakers already executed the Taylor Horton Tucker trade, there is only a Russell Westbrook deal. We used to have a path where you could go get Miles Turner without having to include. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Russell Westbrook. You could go package up Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, throw in a contract, whether Stanley Johnson, Wendy Gabriel, something like that, and you're good. Toss in a first-round pick, boom, Miles Turner. There you go. You could have put something like that together. However, without Taylor Horton Tucker's salary, that means the only way now that you can get to Miles Turner in terms of stacking up salaries is to put in Russell Westbrook, which means you're also doing a deal for Buddy Heald as well. Again, I like that package of players. The question is, are you willing to give up both first-round picks? We know that is the sticking point. That's what the Pacers want. They want the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. Could the Lakers add some protections to those picks? Could they make one uh, a pick swap or something like that? Can they do one and some second-rounders? Maybe there's some haggling in there, but so far all we've heard is that the Pacers are dead set wanting both first. The Lakers don't want to give up both first. Ultimately, I still think that's the best deal for the Lakers. But the Utah Jazz are also out there. Let's talk about them. See, I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, the Lakers already made their trade with the Jazz. They went and got Patrick Beverly. That means clearly the Lakers are not sending Russell Westbrook to the Jazz. Uh-uh, slow your roll on that. See, here's the thing. Patrick Beverly, because he was traded to the Jazz already from the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Rudy Gobert deal, he couldn't be re-aggregated at another trade 
until the beginning of September. Now, I know we're not that far off from that, but still, the Lakers could not execute a multiplayer deal that included Patrick Beverly the time when they made this trade. So they had to do things this way. They can still go back to the Jazz and say, hey, what do you think about a Russell Westbrook swap now? What do you think about taking him on? We'll send you some draft capital. And why don't you send us, I don't know, Boyan Bogdanovich. Mike Conley is there. I don't think he makes as much sense now that you've got Patrick Beverly. But look, they've got some other pieces too. Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt certainly would be interesting. Although I don't think the Jazz would necessarily want to move him. But there's other pieces there that could be interesting for the Lakers to target. Now, again, I would put that package behind the Pacers deal in terms of value and in terms of how much sense I think it makes for the Lakers. But it could be another option. Look, if Utah says, hey, we'll give you Boyan Bogdanovich, we'll give you Jordan Clarkson, throw in something else, and we'll do it for just one first-round pick, and the Pacers are holding firm saying, no, we want two, hey, maybe there's something you can work out there with the Utah Jazz. So I wouldn't look at Utah and say, simply because the Patrick Beverly trade got done already, that the Lakers are done dealing with the Jazz. No, I think they are very much still an option. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers wound up jumping in as a third team in a Knicks trade that would send Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. You could see pieces coming back from New York. Could the Lakers maybe figure out a way to create a three-team deal and maybe land the guy that they've been trying to get for so long Cam Reddish, they almost had a deal for him at the trade deadline this past season, would have shipped out THT in a deal with the Toronto Raptors and New York Knicks, but it fell apart on the Raptors and the Knicks side. Maybe you can get a three-team deal going there if you are the Los Angeles Lakers. So I wouldn't assume that the Lakers trading with the Jazz is done. No, they've made one trade. I think there could still be more coming again. I put the Pacers trade. If you can get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, if the cost is equal, I'd rather do a Pacers deal, but Utah is still a team to watch, particularly if you can wind up getting some pieces from New York as well in a three-team trade. Another option for the Lakers, the last one, the San Antonio Spurs, they've got the ability to absorb some salary. They also have a couple of wing players that are interesting in Josh Richardson. You've also got uh, Doug McDermott and Dougie McBuckets. These guys would fit a role in terms of giving the Lakers a little bit more wing depth. I talked about how how the Lakers need a bit more, particularly after losing Stanley Johnson in in this deal, but It isn't quite as interesting of a package to me as a Utah deal or certainly as a Pacers deal. What they can do because they've got some cap room is they can absorb part of Russ's salary. So let's say that you get just McDermott and you get Josh Richardson. You would then be be freeing up about $20 million in room this season that you wouldn't be spending, right? They They could eat about $20 million of Russell Westbrook's salary that's off the top of my head, actually just slightly more than, than $20 million that they could actually absorb in salary. So again, that doesn't, from the fan perspective, that doesn't mean a whole lot, that the Lakers have to pay $20 million less in salary. But for a team that's in the luxury tax, that probably does matter and makes the Spurs a little bit of an attractive candidate. Now, how much salary are the Spurs willing to actually throw in? Is Josh Richardson enough for the Lakers? Doug McDermott, do the Lakers even want the extra year on his deal. There's a lot of questions here. Again, I would put Utah ahead of them. I would also put the Pacers in the pole position as the top team for the Lakers to make a deal with. Now, the final option, what about just standing pat? What about just keeping things as is? Well, I've gone over why I don't think the Lakers are going to do that, but if there's simply no deal out there, look, what if, say, the Pacers say, we definitely want both firsts, they have to be completely unprotected, or no deal. And the Jazz say, well, we want both firsts, or we're not taking back Russell Westbrook unprotected. 
no team will strike a deal with the Lakers, then you could see them be forced to head into the regular season with Russell Westbrook on the roster. But I don't think that's ideally what the Lakers want here. And I'm not trying to vilify Russell Westbrook, but just in terms of how this team makes sense, how it doesn't make sense, I don't think bringing Russell Westbrook into the regular season is the ideal scenario for the Lakers, despite what LeBron's saying on Twitter, despite Patrick Beverly chiming in and all of that. I still think the Lakers are going to do what they can to move him before training camp starts up at the end of September. So we could have more fireworks on the way. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts. What do you think about, number one, the deal? Do you agree with my analysis that the Lakers maybe spent a little bit too much in terms of tossing in Stanley Johnson, would have preferred that to be someone else, maybe a Wenyan Gabriel or something like that in order to make up the salary difference than giving up a wing player. Overall, though, don't hate the trade. I think that it's something that makes a lot of sense for the Lakers, given the context, even though it is dangerous trading young players for an older player. And what do you think is the best option for the Lakers? Are they at a point, because they did the Patrick Beverly trade, should they just sacrifice both first-round picks and get the deal done with the Pacers? Or should they try to do something with the Utah Jazz? Do you go bring back Jordan Clarkson? Do you bring in Bayon Bogdanovich? Is it worth it to do something there? Maybe a three-team trade with the Knicks? Where are you at on the trade front for the Lakers? What would you prefer to see happen from here? Give me your thoughts in the comments down below. Once again, it feels great to be back. Thank you guys for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel if you guys want to find me on social media at Trevor Lane, Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter. See, I'm out of practice at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram and Facebook. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.